In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash betches. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. X don't give it to you. Fuck wait for you to get it on your own. X go deliver to you. Knock, knock, open up the door and spill. With the non-stop pop up, stainless steel. Go hard getting busy with it. But I got such a good heart that I make a motherfucker wonder if you did. Damn right, and I do it again. Cause I am like so I got to win. Break bread with the enemy. No matter how many cats I break bread when I break who you sending me. You motherfuckers never want to know what your life say. Bitch, and that's on the light day I'm getting down. Your stare was holding. Red jean skin was showing. Bitch, please. If the only thing you can't steal was Came out the plate, stay out my way, motherfucker. Fox, do we gonna fall? Do we let it pop? Don't let it go. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. Fuck you gonna fox, do we gonna fall? Do we let it pop? Don't let it go. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. X gon' give it to ya.
Hey guys, welcome to an all new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. We did it. It's Friday. How are we feeling? Are we ready to get into the weekend? Do we have the right weekend attitude? What's everybody doing? Bill, what are you doing? Annie? What do you <laughs> what if I just started naming everybody that's ever listened to the podcast and ask what each of you are doing? Um, let's see. I get my dog this weekend. That's exciting. So I get to hang out with Brooklyn, my dog. Um, excited about that. Oh, uh, reminder, you guys, on Sunday night, the Golden Globe Awards is happening. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are hosting. I'm kind of curious what they're gonna do with it. Um, we talked about the Golden Globes on here before, but uh did you see that, you know, how there was like that big fuss that Emily in Paris got nominated? And, you know, people like Emily in Paris, but a lot of people hate watched Emily in Paris. And it was it was shown that they literally flew all of the the uh, critics for the Golden Globes to like a foreign location, put them up at an amazing hotel. I mean, they pretty much bought their votes, but that's exactly what I told you the Golden Globes is kind of known for. So... I thought that was an interesting piece of news. Um, today, I wanted it just to be you and me. And I know I said four, uh, I'll do Monday through Thursday, but I had to, I couldn't not talk with you guys and recap the last reunion of Salt Lake City. Um, this show has meant so much to me and so much to a lot of you guys. And I, I know you're like, are you kidding? But like, no, it really did. Think about the history of this show. You know, we had this smack dab in the middle of COVID, in the middle of lockdown. And it really provided me and I think a lot of you guys with so many laughs, got to meet new characters that we liked. Week after week, I really, really looked forward to it. And it was kind of one of the bright spots in a really shitty year. So I wanted to go over them recap because I have I actually have somebody, I think, pretty cool coming on next week to discuss all of the reunions and Salt Lake as a whole. But I thought just maybe me and you could break this down. And uh, remember, these are just my opinions, how I see things. You guys are all going to have your own take on it. And remember, that's just as valid as my opinion, even though I have a podcast. So that makes my opinion at least 5% better of an opinion. And that's just, that's state law. That's state law, baby. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, another thing I want to recommend. So you know how they're, I don't know, you guys are too young maybe, but the real world, you know, that the franchise on MTV so they're doing, God, the first one aired like over 25 years ago, I think. And that was one of, I mean, that was when I was a kid. That was like the shit. Like that's what got me loving reality shows. And I think the beginning of March, March 4th, I believe on Paramount TV, which is now CBS All Access, and they're changing to Paramount Plus next week. So just so you know, so you're not confused when CBS All Access goes away, but they have full seasons of The Real World on there. Last night when I couldn't sleep, I put on some of the episodes of uh, season one, and then I moved to season two when they went to Los Angeles, and I forgot how much I grew up with those shows. It is really fascinating because you also see like that it was kind of pretty real. In fact, that, that it, it was at times boring. But watching it now, it's kind of refreshing that like they're not pushing the agenda, you know, no, they're not pushing fights. The fights are happening organically and naturally. And it was actually really, really refreshing to watch. So I would recommend that if you guys have CBS All Access or Paramount Plus, it is something to dive in and kind of just have on in the background. And it really is. We, you know, I always love the history 
of anything, but the history of reality television is just as fascinating. Um, so that was a recommendation. But what do we think, you guys? Oh, well, first, and I, I watched Summer House. Man, I cannot make fun of Carl this week because of what happened at the uh, the end of tonight's episode of Summer House. But man, I don't know. What are we thinking about Hannah? Really? I mean, is she the villain this season? Is she the big bad? I, I don't know. Like, it's it's really, it's, she's really giving it a lot so far. And I hope she dials it back. It seems like she's really not, I, I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, is everybody just pro Hannah, anti Luke, or, I mean, Luke's not that great either, but it's maybe it's somewhere in between. Um, but Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, we had the final reunion Wednesday night. And so everybody is taking their seats. Um, you know, Lisa is talking to John because remember how we left it last week where, uh, you know, Lisa went out to talk to John because she was upset about something Heather said. Um, and he just says, I love you. You know, John, by the way, you just get the sense that he, he gets talked at a lot. And he just, he seems like a solid guy, but it seems, seems like he just says things like, I love you. And sometimes that's all you need to do, right? That's all you need to do. Cause Lisa is just like a whirling dervish. She just spins around like a tornado. Whitney and Heather, bad weather. I'm a poet and I didn't know it. That was her po poem from last week. Um, she comes back out on stage and she's like, I'm good. I'm great. Let's go. Which is another thing that bothers me about Lisa. It's always on Lisa's time. Lisa tells like, roll the tape. Let's go. And I like Lisa because she is a character. And I think we need characters like that. But I just, in life, I never love the person that acts like they're in charge. When it's like, you got five other ladies on the stage that are as equal, if not more, than you. And so do not act like you are the one that calls the shots. Sorry, I hate to put my, I hate to put my foot down, you know? Uh, Andy says, oh, you look like a different person. And Lisa goes, is that a good thing? <laughs> um. So uh, he, all the men are out on stage. Seth, Meredith's husband, and Robert Sr. marries uh, grandpappy and husband, uh, step-grandpappy. Uh, they're on video screens. Uh, I was shocked we didn't get a Brooks Mark cameo, uh, Brooks Mark's cameo. Uh, so Andy sees Robert, and he goes, you don't seem thrilled, Robert. He goes, not at all, not at all. Um, so he's already mad. And then he goes, sorry, Rob, sorry, Robert. Um, and he goes, we are back with the ladies of Salt Lake. The husbands are here. And, you know, Andy does the whole thing. Hey, Coach Shaw, uh, did you ever get your Popeyes? Because remember the night of his birthday party, Jen Shaw told him he was taking it to Popeyes. And he was like, <laughs> I got it, Andy. I sure did. Not that night, though. Not that night. And then Andy goes, hey, John, did Lisa prepare you for today? And John goes, I can neither confirm or deny. And I'd like to point out at this time, um, John, we recognize, is um, fully spray tanned. Like, it's not even just like Lisa just rubbed his hands on John's face. Like, his whole body, it's it's like Magda from There's Something About Mary. Or it's like Amelia Hamlin in her new Instagram shots tonight. Did you guys see that? <laughs> Man, I don't know. Amelia Hamlin, of course, you guys, is dating Scott Disick, as we've talked about on the show before. And it's it's gone too far. First off, she looks like a completely different person. We all don't need to look like the Kardashians, right? Like, it's okay to look like yourself. 
Like we, there is just not one type of standard of beauty and it's getting so eerie. Like she's literally turning in like the coloring of the skin. And she says, uh, I'm not, you know, she said, I I vacationed in the sun because her and Scott went on a vacation and she's like, I'm, and plus that with my Italian heritage, I'm like, girl, don't even, did I just do a girl girl? Don't even, I hate to say it, but I think this relationship with Scott is not as cool as she wants to think it is. And it's just like, he's making her just another girl. And I've never liked Amelia Bedelia or any of the Hamlin daughters for that matter. But at the same time, it's really sad to look at her now. And you're like, oh my God, you look like just every other one of those Instagram models. And I mean, you're just like, you're going to get swallowed up by this. Like Scott's going to chew you up and spit you out. I wonder what Scott does when he sees those photos. Like, Scott's pretty savvy, you would think. Like, I just wonder what hit, what is going on in his head. It just seems like everything is a cry for help with that dude. But anyways, we're not here to psychoanalyze Scott. That's a different day. Today, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, the reunion. So, yeah, Andy's going down the line of the guys. So, we just did John, and now Andy goes to Seth via video screen. And he goes, Hey, Seth, where are you today? And Seth goes, I should, he goes, the land of opportunity, Canton, Ohio. And you guys know, if you listen to this podcast, I was obsessed with Seth saying Canton, Ohio, because when Meredith picked him up at the airport that one time, he, he kept saying, I want you to move with me in Canton, Canton, Ohio. That's where the business is in Canton. Well, that's where my job is in Canton, Ohio. He kept saying it. So when he he said, in the land of opportunity, Canton, Ohio, I literally, I, lo- I lost my shit. I was like, whole, I, I was like, that's like, that's like Elton John playing Goodbye Yellow Brick Road first. You know what I'm saying? You're like, oh my God, Seth just played his greatest hit on the first line. Like, oh, that's that's amazing. Like, hats off. Like, I was highly entertained by that. You see, guys, it doesn't take much for me to be entertained. I love that. Um, and then he's like, hey, Robert Sr. Um, and he's via you know video as well. And he's like, um, are you not traveling because of COVID? And he goes, yep, yep. And Mary goes, he's really shy. That's that's He's not answering you. Which begins one of the most fascinating kind of relationships. She keeps turning to the screen to look at him. And she keeps kind of like having full conversations with him where she thinks she's just talking to him. Like we don't really fully know what they're saying, but she's like, no, come on. You know, da, da, da. it is just Mary is just, you just want to do a character study of Mary. Cause you're like, I don't believe she really exists on so many levels. And then Robert senior comes in and he kind of acts normal, but at the same time, you have to remember at the end of the day, he is not normal for many reasons, but he can act really normal. So that's even more bizarre. Somebody that can act really normal, but does really bizarre things instead of Mary who acts bizarre and does bizarre things, you know? So Mary says, you know, he's really shy, which he doesn't seem shy at all. Uh, And they're like, Hey, Whitney, Justin, how are you with that stripper pull? And Justin's like, I've been on there a few times myself. Everybody is smiling. Everybody is happy. Um, and Andy's like, these ladies were not afraid to open the windows to their marriages and even the cracks. 
And we see a whole clip package of all the marriages. We see Coach Shaw say, you know, I'm attracted to my wife because of how sweet she was. And then the Whitney talking head of like, has he met his wife? Um, We... Andy then gets back from the clip package and said, we got a lot of viewer mail saying people were very upset that Lisa threw away her husband's Rolex. Remember that story that Lisa said she threw John's Rolex out of the car in a fight and made him go uh, find it. And Andy's like, what could you have done that would have made him so mad? And we find out that, um, she picked him up at the airport and it was her birthday and he forgot to say happy birthday. So, uh, you know, he, uh, he, she, uh, showed him the Rolex on his, uh, his, like, she was like, Oh, look what I did for your birthday. Cause that's what she got him for his birthday a month earlier. And, uh, she said, you have 10, he's like, Oh, you can take it. And she said, you have 10 seconds to, uh, say, sorry. And uh, he didn't, and then she rolled down the window and threw it out. So amazing, right? And then he had to go find it. He had to go find it. Man, good story. Great story. But I will say stories like that are very real. I mean, between couples, but it's wild because they're both on stage smiling. So I love that they share that story. We all have wacky stories like that. But at the same time, that is wacky because you can tell how tense Lisa is at all times. Like Lisa seems like static electricity. She's ready to go at any time. If you rub her the wrong way, you know? So, uh, we go to coach Shaw, coach Shaw, do you know, we got questions. Do you value football more than your family? And he's like, no, nope, nope. He goes, you know, this has been difficult. Uh, he, he starts to talk about her father, Jen Shaw's father dying. And he was like, you know, what happened? And he was, I came in the middle of the week and her dad was only responsive to me. And, you know, so I think there is some feelings that if, if I had been there every day that he might've pulled through and, and he goes, that was just not medically possible. But he, he says, I was also at the wake and I've been there every day for the last three years since. And Andy's like, Jen, will you be able to let this go at some point? And Jen's like, you know, he did everything he could. I just, I didn't know what I was dealing with at the time, which is a very real sentiment, you know, very real. I mean, I just can't imagine how I would act if somebody close to me, a family member passes away. And unfortunately, we all have to kind of find that out someday. Um, but, you know, who knows how we're going to react. But this is weird. So it was good to hear Coach Shaw uh, talk a little bit more about this. Um, so... Then it goes over to Justin, Whitney's husband, and Andy asks, are you still a member of the Mormon church? And he says, well, I received a letter from the church saying I was excommunicated, which means kicked out. And he's like, growing up Mormon, that's the worst letter you can ever get. And Justin actually starts tearing up. And then that makes Heather tear up. Um, and Andy's like, Heather, this is upsetting to you. And Heather says, I feel you know, very similar. This is like my same story. And Andy asks, well, can you practice Mormonism at home? And he goes, yeah, you can. And, you know, you know, you can still go to church, but it's hard. And Justin says, you know, we've chosen a different path and it's our own belief system. But, you know, think about this is why I think this show gives a really nice gravity. It really has a nice foundation because it is based in something very 
that means very much to a lot of people is religion and, and God. Like if you have that as the foundation, you can really go into so many different spaces that housewife shows have never gone to. You know, if you can keep coming back to that. And I hope they touch on that a little bit more even than in the second season, because I think the the intricacies of each religion are very interesting. And we have a couple different ones. I believe Meredith is Jewish. Um, you know, uh, Mary is an alien. Um, no, I think she, Mary has her own church. I think, what is it? Um, and, and Mormonism. But if you really, really believe in your religion, and then you get a letter saying you are out, you are kicked out. That's like saying God has kicked you out. God has forsaken you. You know, you did something wrong and God has turned his back on you. And if you believe in that religion, you, I mean, I, I, I have to imagine that is crushing. And it kind of gives a little bit more of a backstory on why, you know, we saw Heather you know, be a wreck about her divorce so many times over the season, because these are real. This is real to them. This is something they believe. So if you believe something, you believe all of it. And and I think that is, I know this isn't really kind of funny to talk about, but it is something that really fascinates me because you saw the real emotion in Justin and Heather. Like this is something they really, really dealt with. And you just saw it. You, you know, you know, when you see something real on somebody's face, I think. He goes, yeah. And Justin goes, it would be nice if we got that tithing check back because tithing in the Mormon religion, a lot of religions have tithing, but I believe the Mormon religion is 10%. You know, 10% of what you make goes to the church, you know? Uh, but divorce is definitely not common in the Mormon church, they say. And then Lisa speaks up and Lisa goes, well, John was married before me and he wasn't excommunicated. First off, I didn't realize John was married before Lisa. That is fascinating. Uh, we find out Lisa's parents were divorced. Um, but with Justin, we find out him and Whitney were excommunicated because, remember, they cheated outside of their relationships, their original relationships. Um, Heather, now Heather is still considered married, you know, in her church because she was sealed in the temple. Um, now, I might be speaking a little out of my ass here, but I grew up with a lot of Mormons. And if you get, you know, married in the temple, you know, only Mormons can go in the temple and I believe see those things, but you can get married in there and that means you're sealed. So you will go to heaven um, with your uh, husband or wife. Um, and what I found fascinating about the Mormon religion, too, is that they have three levels of heaven. Um I always remember finding that out as a kid and I was like, oh, great. There's even like a class system up in heaven, you know, or there's like bottle service. Like, oh, I can't go to the VIP room, you know, like, well, I guess I'm Catholic. So I'm like the, the first level. I don't get to go to the Mormon third level. Um, and also, do they discover new levels as it goes along? And it, it's so much fast, fascinating stuff. But Heather was sealed in the temple. So uh, Lisa says, well, John and I are sealed in the temple. So Lisa, it's kind of starting up this thing where Lisa's like, it's fine. You can, you know, you can get unsealed and it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. People do it all the time. So, you know, we see that it's kind of eating at Heather. Um, these guys just push each other's buttons and we're going to see this for years to come, I think. Which, by the way, somebody sent me, uh, Marissa sent me. A photo. They are already filming season two. Somebody saw Heather and Whitney. They took a picture of them filming at a consignment shop in Utah. So that's very exciting. Um, we go to Robert Sr. Robert Sr., what do you want people to understand about your marriage? And he's like, that grandfather stuff. That's, uh, you know, I see all that grandfather junk. That's stupid. That's stupid. Um, 
And then Mary goes, he's still upset. He's not as strong as me. <laughs> Can you imagine? Isn't that amazing? He's still upset. He's not as strong as me. Um, and then she's like, be nice, Robert, be nice. And then they're bickering back and forth. Like I said, she turns to the TV and they're doing this quiet bickering. It is just bizarre. We go to our first commercial break. We come back, you know, Robert, why were you hesitant to join the show? Andy asks. he's like, cause I knew everything that happened would happen. So he knew all this stuff was coming. He knew if you, you know, they had the life they had, they show that on TV, you know, they bring it around to other people. Of course, people are going to ask questions, you know? Um, Mary, Mary says we are, you know, Mary tells Robert, he's like, but, but, you know, Robert, look, we are coming together now. Me and Jen made up. And, uh, she says, I love you, Robert. And Robert goes, I love you too, but that doesn't mean I can't voice my opinion. Um, Robert, there's been so much talk about your unconventional marriage and the background leading up to it. Um, and Robert goes, one thing they don't understand is that we just got married for the money. And it's not like that. We didn't just get married for the money. And he goes, also this granddaddy junk. I was 22 when I married her mom. <laughs> so that's even more bizarre. So he was 22 when he married Mary's mom. And he's like, I don't like them saying that about me. That's very offensive, but I'm used to it, but I don't like people messing with my wife. So when that, that's another little nugget of information that he was 22 when he married Mary's mom. So I wonder how old he was when Mary's mom passed. I don't know. And cause remember they've been married 22 years. Um, he says about Mary, she is a great wife and a mother. We have our ups and downs, but we've been married for 22 years. So who doesn't have those problems? And he also says, she's the best first lady of the church. She's my co-pastor. She's my equal. And I know that doesn't sit well in most churches, but she is my equal. And everybody's like, everybody's like, ah, oh, yeah. And Mary's tearing up. And Mary's like, and he's like, Mary, that made you emotional to hear that praise. Why? And she goes, cause no one knows me better. No one knows me better. And it's weirdly sweet, but it's still weird. So weirdly sweet, sweetly weird. It's, it's weird and sweet. I don't know. It's, you know, Mary, my friend Kate said, uh, Mary has had the comeback. Uh, by the way, Kate Legaco, I do Real Houses of Dallas recaps with her on the Patreon. Uh, it's, we had such a fun conversation that kind of spanned like an hour and a half just spanned everything so you go over the patreon if you even want more recaps kate is so fun to talk to but kate said mary has had the comeback of a lifetime in these reunions you know what i'm saying if you didn't have the shows just the reunion you would think mary was one of the full stars and i will say mary saved her job with these reunions or they already knew they really liked her or saw that the fan response was huge in terms of all the memes and said we got to keep her on but mary has i mean weirdly redeemed herself do you guys feel that as well um andy says you know it's it's nice to see you and jen being friends mary said you know yeah it's like i've never really given jen a chance and jen says thank you mary and I got to tell you, you can kind of see that Jen is playing the game a little bit here because she knows she doesn't have a lot of allies on this cast anymore besides Lisa. So she's got to think about second season, you know, collecting some chess pieces. So she has to like bow to Mary to get Mary in her corner now. So I think that's fascinating. And I think we're going to see them together a lot more in season two because a lot of people aren't going to love filming with Jen Shaw anymore, you know? 
Um, so now the men are talking about Jen and Mary, Coach Shaw. Coach Shaw said, I am not here. Coach Shaw said, when Jen approached me about being on the show, he made it clear that he is not here to engage in any fight you have with any of the women, which is just an amazing. He was like, I do not want to be involved in taking down any of these women. But he did say, when she cries, I cry for her. Um, but everybody's going to have to come from a very real place of forgiveness. And uh, Jen's going to have to come from a very real place of forgiveness. And and if they don't forgive you, move on and let's ride. That's what he says. And Andy says, God, will you be my coach? He really is good at saying things. Certain people really can encapsulate and motivate very quickly. Uh, who knows if it's true? And that's how he really is behind closed doors. But I love stuff like that. I love self-help stuff. I mean, I really, I just, I think we all want just somebody to tell us that we're great, that we can do it you know, in the best way possible that, you know, come on, let's, you, you got this. Like we all want that, you know, it's really, it's really, that's why motivational books and it's such a huge industry, you know, who doesn't want to be told that they're great deep down, that their fears don't need to be fears. You know, it's, it's interesting. So then coach Shaw tells Robert, this was a great moment. He goes, when I saw what she said to your wife, I said, baby, that's unacceptable. You can't talk about people's marriages or what they do. That is unacceptable. We can't degenerate to that kind of talk. And he goes, I'm sorry, brother. That's not my wife. That was in the heat of the moment. And hopefully she gets a chance to prove herself. And, and uh, you know, Robert's like, of yeah, of course, of course. And Andy says, oh, I see a double date in our future. And now we go on to Whitney's dad about his addiction. And this is very sad. Um, we find out from Whitney, currently, I don't know. He's not speaking to me. We had built a beautiful foundation. He came for my birthday. And then since the show started, he's disappeared. And we haven't talked since. And when he says, you know, I thought we would be watching and celebrating this show together. And he, you know, when he says he, I still want people to root for him. That's what he needs. It does seem like he does really care about what other people think. So, you know, I'm sure it was shocking to hear people make fun of his hair to people, you know, but at the same time, that's part of it. So I, I was sad to find out that he was still in a fragile state where, you know, this, this seemed to sincerely affect him and, you know, uh, it doesn't, you know, we don't know for sure if he's relapsed, but it sure sounds if he disappeared. Um, I just, I hate that. I really grew to really like Whitney over this. And, and I saw how she handled her father and how much her father had leaned on her for financial support, emotional support. And so it was just, it was just a true bummer. And I, and I, I really wish he did. Uh, I, I mean, who knows what really happened, but if it was that he got his feelings hurt about the show, I, I wish he had maybe, you know, took that more in and kind of, you know, everybody at some point gets made fun of the, on these shows, but at the same time, they're beloved, you know, like we would, if we went to BravoCon, we would all want pictures with this dude, you know, like if he was on cameo, we would want cameos from this dude, you know, and we'd want his hair to be crazy. We would want to get a picture with him with crazy hair. You know, the reason we love these people are for those little peccadillos those little weird things because we all have those little weird things we have friends and family that have little weird things and that's why we love them we love these characters because they have these little weird things so 
you know, I know how fragile the human ego is and the psyche, and it just seems like he uh, cannot get on his feet. But the, the not talking to Whitney just bums me out because I'm sure that just really eats at her. So I got to say, you know, the, the 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 part three of the reunion was definitely the most somber part of the reunion. One and two, I thought were excellent. Two being like a gold standard for reunions, just because it really weirdly focused on Mary and they don't usually do that a lot. And I think it really worked, but the third part of the reunion, it wasn't, it was kind of ho-hum in the sense it was just sad. A lot of it was sad. Um, you know, Whitney also says, you know, I still text my dad every couple of days. Um, his phone's not shut off. Um, but she says it's brutal on my heart. Um, and Mary says to Whitney, love, love never leaves hope. I, I think I wrote that down wrong. That doesn't sound right. I think it was something about love means hope. I don't know. Um, and then this is the weirdest transition of the night. We just had this beautiful thing about her dad. And then Andy goes, what's your, was your dad behind your hairstyles on the show? And she's like, he cuts it. He cuts the hair on my head. And then he goes, is that a wig on his hair? Like Andy starts like talking about her dad's weird hair and he's like, yes, that's really his hair on his head. And then Andy's like, we're all rooting for your dad. It, it was just like, I don't know. Like, Andy, we all we all know about the hair. We didn't need that question after a beautiful moment. You know, like it kind of ruined it. And he was like, does your dad fart a lot? You know, um, so now we're to Seth and Meredith. And, and Andy's like, how is the reconciliation um and have you guys been, you know, and it, we find out they've been great since shooting. She says, yes, it's fantastic. She goes, yes, yes, it's been fantastic. She says it very cold. We cut to break. We come back. And Andy goes, Meredith, there were reports you filed for divorce and uh, then removed the petition. And she goes, yes, that is the case. We had a tumultuous marriage. Andy says, I've talked to so many couples over the year who have gotten stronger because of this show or their relationship has been completely destroyed because of this show. Uh, Meredith says, Seth and I would both agree that the show helped save our marriage because you have to address things for the show to keep moving forward. And then Seth goes, yeah, I'm in Canton, Ohio. You you know, the show helped us put the threads back into our marriage. We were just hanging on by a thread at the beginning, but now we have multiple threads. It's very threaded, our marriage. Um, and he says, you know, he never dated anybody, Seth, you know, because we found out Meredith did date. He's like, I, I've always wanted Meredith. Uh, but he said, I, I've always been self-absorbed uh, and, you know, self-absorbed, self-absorbed and trying to be a great dad. And there were a lot of deficiencies in my marriage, which was my doing. So he takes full blame for this, which is interesting. And then, um, Andy goes, a viewer had an interesting theory. Do you notice how Andy always gives the viewers like the tough questions? So Andy doesn't have to, he goes, you know, he'll be like, so-and-so asked, you know, are you a pedophile? Like he'll give the tough questions to fake viewers. So he goes, do you think Meredith turned Brooks against you? And then Seth goes to know Brooks Marks is to to know Brooks to know I'm trying to Canton Ohio to know Brooks Marks is to love Brooks Marks he's the sweetest guy I know and that's really sweet to hear a dad say that about his son 
I have to say we know Brooks Marks a little. I mean, to know Brooks Marks on the show, I don't think it's necessarily means to love Brooks Marks, you know? Like, but we're just seeing we all we have to go on is the show and those tracksuits. That's all we have to go on. So you know, but I but I love that his dad loves him. I think I'm really excited about that. I just wrote a big nope after that on my notes. Um, and Lisa Barlow chimes in. She's like, I can't even watch this without crying. And she starts crying. She's like, I love them together. I love them together. Oh, orange Cheeto hands. And this is where Heather makes a rare misstep. So this is a moment between Lisa, Meredith, and Seth. And Heather jumps in and says, you always say divorce is no big deal. But here you are crying for Meredith. So Heather butts in, inserts herself, and brings up her divorce again because she's still on one about Lisa saying, you know, it's okay. Everybody divorces. It's okay. And Heather kind of made this about her. And, you know, we know at this point that Heather thinks divorce is a big deal. But what Heather is not leaving room for because she's got such a boner for Lisa and vice versa is that Lisa and Meredith are good friends. Lisa is crying because she knows them personally. She's, she know you know, she, she is friends, their family, you know, like that. It's a different thing than just saying, you know, Heather got a divorce and she doesn't really know Heather, you know, uh, even though they did go to college together. Um, so Lisa says, you know, Heather, I didn't dismiss it. We just didn't have those conversations, Heather. Um, and she's like, I'm trying to let you know divorce is devastating to some people. And she wants Lisa to recognize her pain, which is just seems to be a common theme between Lisa and Heather is that Heather wants Lisa to recognize her, whether it be in college, whether it be in the first couple of episodes, whether it be at the reunion, she wants Lisa to acknowledge her as a person, acknowledge her pain, acknowledge her strength. And she can't get no satisfaction. He, she can't get no acknowledgement from Lisa Barlow. And I think this is, like I said, a rare missed up where she spoke up at the wrong time. Because remember, she's like, she's been gassed up a lot. She's feeling herself. And, she, you know, with that power, she doesn't know how to use it. So I really love Heather still. I think, like I said, rare misstep. You got to forgive it. You know, we're in the third part of the reunion. It was a long day. I'm making excuses now. Because, yeah, I saw that. I didn't like it. But you could see... You could see the behavior behind it. You could see why she did it. It was just wrong time, you know? And then it goes, Jen, did you find it hypocritical? Uh, Jen, do you now find it hypocritical to chastise Meredith about loyalty when you talked behind her back the whole time about her marriage? And Jen's like, Leaks, uh-oh. And she goes, out of respect for Meredith and Seth, I won't even answer that question it's a mute it's a moot point and he says it's not a moot point we spent half of the season on it and jen says well i'm taking the fall for it and a lot of ladies were a part of it um i just feel it shouldn't be discussed now that meredith and seth are back together she says um coach shaw was bummed because from his perspective meredith and jen got along so well so he was very bummed when that relationship dissolved uh we didn't get to find it about if coach Shaw like agreed that Jen shouldn't have talked shit about Meredith and Seth's marriage, but we can assume so. Um, Whitney says, 
for me asking questions. I was just trying to get to know Meredith. I should have stopped right there. And Jen says, yes, I too shouldn't have engaged in any type of conversations. Um, so Jen at this point is crying and she's like, I'm sorry to all of you. I am sorry to all of you, Robert senior. I am sorry. And he goes, don't you worry about it, sister, which is, is, I mean, I gotta say Robert senior presented himself pretty well, even though he is her step grandpappy. Um, and then Jen goes, Seth and Meredith, I never came from a place of trying to hurt others. And I have been super hurt with the distance between us. I mentioned it to Heather about you guys and your marriage because she's my best friend, but I wasn't trying to hurt people. And Mary says, you're a fighter. You fight with your words, but when you try to take it back, sometimes the damage is already done. Mary, congratulations, because you just made some fucking sense. Ding, ding, ding. Let's get this lady a second season right there, huh? That was... Am I uh, am I on mushrooms? That made sense, right? I'm not the only one that thought that made sense. Don't let me take the fall for this if this if this doesn't make sense. Um, and somebody says, you don't want to burn a bridge with every single person. And Andy says, well, we'll leave it at there. Goodbye, husbands. So all the men go. Um, this is another point where we see just how tan John is. Like, it's just shocking. Like the Barlows, you would you love I, I would kill to see their walls. You got to imagine it's just like Cheetos dust fingers everywhere. Like if there was a black light in their house, it's got to light up with just, just tan dust. Um, we come back and, and, and he's like, Whitney took a gamble inviting the girls to sin city. But when she doubled down, things went bust. Um, we have some clips of Jen's version of a good friend as a henchman. We, the whole clip package now of the Jen drama from that episode. Um, Andy asks Meredith, what inspired your mask at Heather's grand opening? She's like, it was fun and funny. And we find out that was pre-COVID. They taped that last scene a week before the lockdown happened last year. Can you imagine that? They wrapped and then a week later, which by the way, we're coming up on, oh my God, you guys, we're coming up on a year anniversary of Tiger King. No, a year anniversary of COVID. Can you believe that? That is scary as hell. Yikes. Ugh. Sometimes you just can't imagine how fast a year went, even though I remember at times during COVID where it just went so slow and now everything just seems to be going so fast. I mean, they are, they're, they're going to have to do studies later in life about how this gave everybody some, some weird PTSD. Ugh. Any, anyways, back to our reality shows, back to the real stuff. Um, Jen, you were the CEO of fun. And he says, why were you still mad at Whitney after she apologized and you forgave her? Why were you still mad at her in Vegas? And Jen's like, well, because Meredith and Lisa, she said, Meredith and Lisa are talking about you. And, uh, Jen also lets us know that forgiveness is very easy for her, which is kind of LOL. Um, and when he's like, yeah, I mean, when I made up with Lisa Barlow in Vegas, I was skipping and dancing when I went into Heather's room because I was finally getting along with Lisa. And he says to Jen, a lot of people say you you make people feel like they need to take sides. She preaches loyalty, but she doesn't uh, pay it back. Oh, no. And he's like, who thinks Jen preaches loyalty, but doesn't um, give any back? And everybody raises their hands except Lisa Barlow. And Jen's like, thank you, Lisa. 
And it's like, Lisa, you know what? You can be on Jen's side and still raise your fucking hand because there's only one answer to that question. Jen preaches loyalty, but doesn't give any most of the time. That's just how it is. It's not ganging up on her when it's a fact. And that, I'm sorry, is a fact. Um, Meredith goes, can I ask you one question? Can I ask you one question, Jen? If I treated you the way you treated me, would you be friends with me? And Jen goes, no. But it was other people too. Like, I hate when people do that. No, but it was other people too. And Jen says, I just want to move out on now. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. And Meredith says, didn't you want Lisa? Oh, yeah. And he goes, Meredith, didn't you want Lisa to choose a side at Heather's grand opening? Because and and she's like, no, I didn't say that. But I did find it weird that I told her how she was trying to ruin my family and that she did horrible things and that my friend Lisa was still seeking Jen out. And Meredith goes, I don't understand their friendship, but she can have it. And Heather says about Jen, you know, we had a great time that night after my grand opening. We partied till 3 a.m. She's as fabulous as she is horrifying, Heather says. Um, And she goes, I want to be friends, but I don't want to be friends where I eat shit all the time. And Jen goes, I feel like I eat shit all the time. And Heather goes, no, you have not ate shit all the time. Heather and Jen are fighting about things that Jen supposedly said behind her back. And so we find out some of those things that she said about Heather. She said, Heather buys her dresses at Dress Barn. By the way, I do have to say, I don't know what Dress Barn is, but don't fucking ever name a clothing store after a place where animals are kept. I feel like that's like clothing 101. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't buy like, hey, I'm going to go get my jeans at the petting zoo. Like, what? Like, I want to go get my jeans at Cow Bungle. Like, it doesn't make sense. Do you want, like, I like Dress Barn. Like, even I go, like, that's, is that a real place? Dress Barn? Like, that's, whoever called a store Dress Barn, they should be arrested. That's it. They're done. If I ever, if I ever come across the person that invented Dress Barn, they are going down. Um, And then another thing that Jen said about Heather, she thinks she wants to be an actress, but the only role she'll be cast as is a manatee or Shrek. Oof, that Shrek thing, that, 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 ugh, brutal that Jen said that. That is brutal. Um, Jen, uh, you know, I guess Jen was doing that because she was reacting to the show, Heather said, but Jen conveniently doesn't remember. And Andy goes, you know, a big moment, Jen, was when you were at the hypnotist, um, and everybody asked who doesn't trust Heather and who doesn't trust Jen. Everybody raised her hand. Who doesn't trust Heather? And Jen raised her hand and Heather says, yeah, that was a big turning point for me. And this is a point when we, <laughs> the camera catches Mary falling asleep and Andy goes, Mary, what was your opinion on Jen and Heather? And then Andy catches it real quick. And Andy's like, uh, Mary, did you fall asleep? It's totally okay if you did. And she goes, um, well, I think maybe, I don't know. I do remember the question. I think Jen did that to get back at Heather. Boom. Had the right answer. Bam. And Heather goes, Jen, I was devastated. Um, oh, this is okay. So this, this is wild because this is like Jen starts blowing up and says, Mary knows 
we're both women of color. To be told that you are a bully, it is different for us. To be told you are a piece of shit for 4.5 hours when you are hurting, she's talking about the hypnotist, that took me back 30 or 40 years. I have PTSD. You don't understand. And they're like, what makes you feel? Telling a woman of color she's aggressive and a bully, you don't know because you are not in those shoes. She is yelling and being really aggressive here. And Whitney says, you threatened my life. You said you were going to kill me. <laughs> Remember when Jen said she was going to bury Whitney behind her house? And I love when he goes, you threatened my life. You said you were going to kill me. And Lisa says, well, uh, I say I'm going to slip my wrist all the time. As like a, you know, and Jen says, there is a double standard when you are a woman of color. You are not in our shoes. And Andy wants to hear what Mary has to say. And Mary goes, you know, you do get that from Whitney and Heather, you know, the white blonde. And Heather's like, yeah, totally. I get it. White girl privilege. I totally get it. And Jen says, you need to be educated. And I'm not here to educate you. And Heather says, I don't want you to educate me. And Whitney says, I hear you. I understand. I'm trying to learn. And Meredith says, no one on this, no one on this stage is going to deny white privilege by making a claim but she goes, but making a claim like that, Jen, is a huge statement. And I got to agree. It is a huge statement that Jen, and this is what, like, I am not a black woman, so I cannot, it, it makes sense what she's saying in the sense that when you throw words like bully around, I'm sure it has a different connotation than when you do that to a white woman. And I, I do, but at the same time, what Jen has shown us all season was being aggressive and at times a bully. So where is that line of responsibility of, I, I totally get what she's saying about you can't throw those words around. It means something different from us, you know, and the, the decades of abuse that we have faced, but at the same time, does she see her behavior? She's one of the most aggressive housewives I've ever seen in the history of housewives. So my thing is, is she really mean this? Is this something she's told herself to absolve herself of other sins? Or does she know she's like trying to get the heat off her? So she's making this up. Does she completely believe it? I'm at a loss and I almost want to speak to a couple. I can't wait to hear people's opinions on this because I really want to know what they think. And I might be missing a huge gap as not being a woman and not being African-American. I don't know. I want to understand better. But from my viewpoint, which is as a white male, I saw her being extremely aggressive talking a lot of shit. I mean, she really went out of her way to be very aggressive, even in the reunion, even at this moment, she's being very aggressive. Jen says, I didn't want to get it to this point. This is painful and you do not know. And Jen walks out and is like, can you get my husband? And Whitney calls her husband and goes, are you still here? The racial accusation just came up. And Coach Shaw's hugging Jen. She's just, she's, I don't know. Maybe it's just from her husband. She she just seems very unstable. You know, I don't mean that in a cutting way. She just seems unstable. And Coach Shaw tells her, you know, some people don't or can't listen. And Jen's like, this is what we've been fighting for for so many years. And it's coming from our own circle. And I wrote here, I just really don't know. Like, this is how Jen views this is that her own friends are. I don't know. It, it really confused me. Um, so anyways, they're all sitting back down and he asks Jen, what are you feeling? And Jen goes, we've lived through this before. 
And Coach Shaw told me, baby, not everyone understands it. But if we want to change, we need to make people understand it. And she goes, growing up in Utah, you guys don't know what I've dealt with all of my life. And Jen goes, I'm part of the problem because I don't speak up. And I'm like, Jen, you seem like you speak up a lot. But I will say, you know, that is also very different. Growing up in Utah, she probably has experienced a crazy amount of microaggressions, racism, things that we couldn't even picture. So I do agree with that part. Um, I don't know. It, it just seems like this came out of nowhere for me. Um, I don't remember her talking about this earlier in the season. So this was kind of like brand new information that got brought up when I think the crux of the issue was Jen's aggressiveness and meanness and anger towards a lot of the ladies throughout the season, you know, and Heather says, you know, I want to do what I can for you, of course, and for this issue, of course. And Andy goes, okay, well, it's, you know, coming toward the ends. I love seeing Mary and Jen make up and I loved seeing Robert senior and coach Shaw talk. And they said, you know, Andy asked, what's the one thing you learned watching yourself on the show? And Lisa says, you know, I want to listen more. Mary says, you know, some things I say come across as offensive or wrong, and I want to watch that. And uh, Jen uh, says, I need to work on my communication and making my sure my group of friends can come to me and trust me and not feel threatened or afraid. And Whitney says, my timing and delivery, I need to to earn my own voice, speak clear and confidential confidence. And Meredith goes, last year I treated every woman with kindness and respect. I didn't get the same. I will say Whitney and Heather called me after the issue with my husband to apologize. Tonight is the first time I got an apology from Jen. Apologies don't just make things go away. I will forgive everyone but trust needs to be earned, and that's fair. And she looks directly at Jen. It was really, it was kind of chilling. It was kind of good. Like, I kind of can see the love for Meredith a little bit. Like, Meredith doesn't do anything legitimately, but then she'll have moments like that where she spoke clear. She kind of, like, comes in, says her piece, it makes sense, and backs out. It kind of is cool in a way. We'll have to see what next season brings for her. Heather says to kind of let her specialness shine, don't hold back. And Andy says, well, I've got some good news for you. Since you like meat, we're bringing out some meatballs. You know how they always do a toast. I was kind of weirded out they didn't toast with Vita tequila, but I'm guessing that maybe some people don't drink or it's a really, I don't know. The best moment of the whole reunion happens right now. Snow, fake snow starts falling from the sky and Mary starts trying to eat it, thinking that's real snow. And she's like, I don't think that's, real snow <laughs> she's just and you gotta see her she's just like just like a pac-man she's trying to catch it with her mouth it is like a child like a child that eats glue you guys it just it's amazing so you guys that was episode three of the reunion i'm so sad it is over it really will leave a huge hole in my heart and my head and i i really don't know how i will continue so this will be my last podcast ever I just can't go. No, no. Um, but I, I, I just really hats off. We don't get a first season that I think is so um, scrutinized is the word because a lot of first seasons came and went. They're like, ah, OK, but like we watched every moment of this. We commented, we talked, we memed every bit of this. Sh this show was like broken down. So I think it stood up under that breaking down. And that is one of the best comments you can give any show, let alone a Bravo show. So you guys. This is Friday. Have a fucking great weekend.
Let's do this. Have a great weekend. Please email me at so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com with any comments. Um, uh, also please leave me a five-star review on Apple podcasts. If you like the podcast, I really appreciate everybody that does that. That's something you can do for free. And like I said, if you want to support me, I'm trying to do this with my life, uh, podcasting. So, um, a couple bucks a month over at Patreon, patreon.com forward slash so bad. It's good. Thank you to Maritza Lopez, my, uh, my graphic designer. Thank you to Kate Legeko. Thank you to Emily Clayton who do podcasts with me over on the Patreon. I think I'm forgetting everybody. I'm not an accepting award. I swear. I love you mom and dad and i love the big man upstairs okay see you guys on monday x don't give it to you fuck wait for you to get it on your own x go deliver to you knock knock open up the door and spill with the non-stop pop up and stainless steel go hard getting busy with it but i got such a good heart that i make a motherfucker wonder if you did damn right and i do it again because i am like so i got to win break bread with the enemy no matter how many cats i break bread with i'll break who you sending me you motherfuckers never want to know but your life saved bitch and that's on a light day i'm getting down your stare was holding red sheen skin was showing bitch please if the only thing you can't steal was came out the plate stay out my way motherfucker rocks to be gonna fall you'll be letting pop don't let it go it's gonna give it to you he gonna give it to you it's gonna give it to you he gonna give it to you but you're gonna rock to be gonna fall you'll be letting pop don't let it go it's gonna give it to you he gonna give it to you it's gonna give it to you be gonna fall, you'll be letting pop, don't let it go. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya, X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya, but he's gonna rock, you'll be gonna fall, you'll be letting pop, don't let it go. X gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya, X gon' give it to ya.
Betches.